where we really uncovered an opportunity was with a market segment that we didn't think was going to be our customer base. It was, we thought it was going to be 23 year olds like ourselves, but that just might have had better jobs. They were in banking and uh, investment bankers, consultants, et cetera, which, which did take off. But where we really had that aha moment was when a mom called us and said, like, could not believe that we were offering this service almost in tears. And she said, this is the most contentious part of my my relationship. We have kids. They're always busy. Like, you'll seriously come to my house, pick up my laundry, clean it, and bring it back the next day. And yeah. She's like, I'm sold. Welcome to Franchise Empires, where aspiring entrepreneurs learn exactly what it takes to become a successful franchise owner from one location to 10 and beyond. I'm the Wolf of Franchises. The Wolf of Franchises is the CEO of Wolfpack Franchising, as well as a creator at Workweek Media. All opinions expressed by the Wolf and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Wolfpack Franchising or Workweek. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The Wolf, Workweek and Wolfpack Franchising may maintain positions in the franchises discussed on this podcast. Happy employees mean happy customers. Give your employees the best experience with Harry, the platform to solve your turnover, employee engagement, and compliance challenges, all in one place. Prioritize your people, reduce your risk. Visit harry.com today. That's H-A-R-R-I.com. Let's start with the two you laundry thing, man. So you've been in the laundry space for quite a bit before even getting into when and, and how, but like, just, you got to explain like what, what is, and we're going to get into laundry lab, obviously, but like, what is two you laundry, which, which predates the birth of laundry lab. So two you laundry, the elevator pitches is, is really innovating out the world's most hated household chore, which is laundry. Little do people know that the average family of four spends over 36 hours a month doing laundry and that's sorting, washing, drying, folding. And there's never really been a modern day solution other than using your in-home washer and dryer to outsource it. And so TU Laundry will uh, pick up right from your home, clean your laundry, your dry cleaning, your hang dry, cater to your preferences, and then brought back the very next day, perfectly cleaned, folded, drawer, closet ready all with the tap of a button. So wait, so it's the next day service. So if I was to do it today, because I do actually, I hate laundry and I have, I'm, it's about that time where I need to do some laundry and I'm not looking forward to it because it's just annoying, but I could get on your app, request a pickup, I guess. And then the next day it would be back. Yeah. I mean, as, uh, as crazy as that sounds, that's always been our, our bread and butter and it's almost even harder for us to hold clothes for multiple days than it is to get them in and get out. And so we kind of worked our way backwards into that being one of our true value props for our customers. And that's something that's been the big focus point or value prop to the business uh, since we started. And so we've uh, we've always operated that way. But what you said, I mean, nobody likes doing laundry. That's not one of those things that you get fulfilled by. And I always look at it, I compare what we are doing and the innovation that like Instacart has done, where traditionally you as a consumer 
on your dedicated day or or ad hoc, you'll go into the grocery store and you'll pick your vegetables, your fruits, your meats, whatever it is, uh, and you'll go home. And it's, it's not a valuable use of time if there is an opportunity to outsource it. And so it's pure convenience play, changing the traditional model. And so that's what I've always compared it to. And Instacart has taken off, multi-billion dollar company uh, that we're hoping to be one day. Yeah, no, I love it. And wait, so do you guys do dry cleaning as well? Is it just like wash and- We do. Yeah, so everyone asks that for us, we started predominantly essentially competing with your washer and dryer. So depending on who asks, is the people like, well, do you do normal laundry or do you do dry cleaning? But we do both. Our core focus is our wash, dry, fold, or laundry products and service. But we said to ourselves early on, if we're going to go to the home and we're going to clean clothes, why not be able to do that complimentary service? And and so it's a, it's a big part of our business today. Uh, we won't launch a new market without providing the sort of operational support to be able to offer that service. And so long-winded answer, yes, we do dry cleaning. Uh, and it's something that everybody has to outsource. So uh, we said, why not? We'll pick up two bags uh, instead of just one. So when did you and your co-founder start this venture? And what was there like a specific pain point you guys felt or like <laughs> some, you know, everyone likes to talk yeah. about the eureka moment. Uh, usually it's not like that, but if it was the closest version. I mean, that's, that's funny. I mean, I can't say that we, either of us had a traumatic experience with laundry where, <laughs> where we got into the business. Yeah, And so our, our version, I mean, I think we do have a really cool story. Alex and I were best friends from the beginning. So uh, we were born and raised in the same town, uh, became best friends in about sixth grade. And I've always been since. And uh, I also can't take credit for getting into the laundry business. That That's uh, all with Alex. And so the quick version of uh, the founding story is Alex, uh, when we graduated, we were born and raised in a, a small town in Minnesota. And uh, when he was heading off to college, he decided to come down to where we are today in North Carolina, uh, decided to go to Winston-Salem to Wake Forest University. Um, and his sophomore year, he had an opportunity to purchase an on-campus student-run startup called Wake Wash, which he was a bag runner for his freshman year just to make some some cash or uh, to work. And uh, he had an opportunity, those students graduated to buy the business because he loved it. He loved the idea and wanted to have something tangible during school to, to work on. And, and so um, he bought the business with a couple of his friends, grew it, scaled it, and uh, made a, a, a real business out of it over the next three years. Uh, was a finalist on Shark Tank with that idea, tried to scale it to a few other colleges, uh, but ran into some red tape and uh, ended up selling the business to some students that uh, purchased it and continued to do kind of the same thing, but then moved to Charlotte to work for Ernst & Young. I was doing startups. Uh, I was working at a startup in Minneapolis at the time, and we were kind of complacent, 23-year-olds in our big boy jobs. And Alex always wanted to get back into entrepreneurship. I had a, a soft spot for entrepreneurship, and we just said, hey, here's there's this massive opportunity to go after this laundry market. Everything was getting Uberized at the time. Food, yes, dog walking, massages. I mean, you oh, name it. Everything was everything. getting Uberized at the time. And weirdly enough, laundry was in that category. There was a company called uh, Washio that actually launched at South by Southwest 
back in 2013 or 2014. And then that's what really just sparked, hey, there's something here. There's a big opportunity in this laundry space. And and so that's when we joined forces to start what is now TU Laundry. And that was back that we were starting to have those late night conversations around Q3, Q4 of 2015. Um, so what is that, eight years ago now? That's crazy. Yeah. I was a college wolf in those days. <laughs> it's a different era. Different era for sure. Yep. The two you laundry story at at a point, of course, it becomes there's almost like the, the fork combines into one road and it's gonna join up with Laundry Lab. But before we get there, right, like I just think your story is really interesting and it's it's atypical of the the founder or type of person I have on here. Uh, I mean, what's been the process like with 2U? I, I know, I think you were part of an incubator uh, with Techstars. Yeah. Uh, you know, like yep. what's, what's the journey been in a nutshell? Alex and I, when we first started, so this is January of 2016, we essentially launched what is now 2U Laundry to the public of Charlotte. Um, we actually launched it at a, a program in Charlotte where they would do little mini Shark Tank type pitches uh, and people could come. Um, and, uh, it was pitch breakfast. That was the name of it. And we, uh, we launched there, um, started to gain some traction. We knew nothing at this time. I mean, we, we were picking up laundry for in, in Alex's Jeep. We partnered with a local <laughs> laundromat. I mean, this was, yeah, this was pure scrappy startup days and, uh, thankfully started to gain traction where we really uncovered an opportunity was with a market segment that we didn't think was going to be our customer base. It was we thought it was going to be 23-year-olds like ourselves, but that just might have had better jobs. They were in banking and uh, investment bankers, consultants, et cetera, which, which did take off. But where we really had that aha moment was when a mom called us and said, I could not believe that we were offering this service, almost in tears. And she said, this is the most contentious part of my my relationship. We have kids. They're always busy. Like you'll seriously come to my house, pick up my laundry, clean it, and bring it back the next day. And yeah. She's like, I'm sold. We wowed her, took care of her, and then she started posting in these Facebook mom groups, which just started dominoing oh, snowball effect. Yeah, that that's a gold mine right there. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, this is this is crazy. This is now starting to become something that we didn't think would happen so quickly. And so we held on to that momentum, continued to build fast track. We got, we started, we brought on a, we called it a minority co-founder at the time who was more tech forward. Cause Alex and I were literally texting our customers on our cell phones, trying to do a one to many text. We were using MapQuest. If you even remember, know what that is, we were using MapQuest all the time yeah, to, I do. Do, yeah. to do the routing. So very, very scrappy, probably the hardest way you could start. We did it. So we brought that guy on. He was so influential to the business to help us think about not only technology to streamline things, but scale. And he's like, you guys, we have something big here. Like you need to think bigger. And that's when we started to think bigger. We knew we wanted to build something national and um, we started doing really well in Charlotte and we got accepted into Techstars. So pretty world renowned accelerator program. We got accepted into their Atlanta program. Um, so we moved to, to Atlanta um, with the goal of launching at the end of the program, we wanted to launch our service in Atlanta, and uh, we we raised some capital. We raised four hundred thousand uh, dollars prior to the program, and just some friends and family around to continue to build technology, hire people, hire ourselves out of those jobs, and then 
went through the Techstars Accelerator program with the goal of launching Atlanta and proving out we can do this again in another market. At the conclusion of that program, which is just 90 days, we raised a $2.5 million. Um, we called it our seed round, uh, which was uh, real money that allowed us to truly invest into hiring the right people, continuing to build in technology, and really fueled the fire in the marketing side of the business. And so we launched Atlanta in uh, late 2017, early 2018. Uh, and the goal at that time was essentially just pun intended, rinse and repeat. Let's go do what we did in Charlotte. Let's go do it again in Atlanta. And the way that we were working operationally at that time is everybody was W-2. So we have our own fleet of vehicles. They're bright pink. They're branded. Hopefully you'll see them very soon in Austin. You'll see them in Houston, San Antonio, Phoenix, et cetera. We have some big expansion plans. But so we have W-2 employees there on the driver side. And we've always basically insourced our laundry, whereas a lot of the competitors or uh, VC-backed companies who tried to do this years ago was just a marketplace model where they were using existing mom-and-pop laundromats. Our differentiator was essentially, we realized that laundromats were sitting idle, like a ghost kitchen kind of concept, or underutilized during the times that our pickup and delivery business was busiest. And so we hired our own teams into those laundromats at a discounted rate to basically take advantage of their washers and dryers because we're we're bringing them revenue and orders from a customer base that would never step foot in a laundromat. And so it's, we're aggregating demand essentially from a, a customer base who's going to pay a premium to outsource their laundry, but we'll use the same model or assets that are existing today. And so the evolution over time is with that essentially became Laundry Lab because we knew quality was paramount with our business. We had to control the quality. We had to hire our own teams and that was like our lever of, of success with margin and quality. And so we knew we needed to go eventually have a bunch of laundromats that we worked inside of or ideally owned ourselves. And so we we tested essentially buying some real estate in Charlotte. It's an old McDonald's that we converted into a modern day state-of-the-art laundromat to prove that we could basically own infrastructure open up a whole new completely business, which is the laundromat, a traditional laundromat that's open seven days a week to the public to do walk-in, literally pumping quarters into these machines and taking care of themselves. And then during the off hours, we would have all of our pickup and delivery business get processed by our team. And our thought process there was the laundromat that we had, we opened this in twenty summer of 2018, the thought process there was open at seven days a week. We'll have a new revenue stream coming in of walk-in to this retail laundromat. And then uh, through the back door, we'll essentially bring all of our pickup and delivery business. And we turned a four-wall asset that, I mean, you you and I both know most most franchise models will do about a million dollars a year in their brick and mortar store. Um, and so the traditional laundromat that you drive down the street, you'll see they'll do about $300,000 a year. It's just customers come in, using the machines. And so with what we what we launched in Charlotte, it was a multi-million dollar laundromat essentially because we have the pickup and delivery business. And so that opened up our eyes to what was really the potential with this business. That laundromat alone quickly paid the mortgage, paid the utility bills, paid for all of our employees and started a cash flow within months. And uh, again, that wasn't even including the pickup and delivery revenue side. And so 
that really just unlocked us saying, hey, we need to go find out how to build more of these. This is 2018, 2019. We raised a $6 million Series A. The thought process was, let's go build more of these uh, big laundromats in every city. And so let's go build one in Atlanta. Atlanta was starting to, to take off. This was late 2019. We signed a lease or we put an LOI in on a big building in Atlanta. And we started to develop plans to launch Raleigh as our third market because we were starting to go down this like swim lane path of launch a market, build it up asset light through using other people's laundromats. And then once we get to a certain volume point, let's LOI, let's build out our own. Yeah, yeah. And so this is the COVID time. So I'm coming full circle to 2020, launched Raleigh, starting to really take off in all, in all of our markets. So Atlanta and Charlotte. And then COVID happened um, wow. and business, naturally so, business in most industries kind of just stopped. And that's what happened to ours. Like we, our revenue, let's just say it dropped 80% was overnight when when Trump made the announcement of, hey, we're going into this lockdown. And so we came, we had a, the coolest part of this whole experience was the board that we have that we've put together. They just were so thoughtful in how, they knew what was going to happen and they instilled that in us and challenged us to essentially take a step back and said, you guys just raised some capital. You have so many years of learnings. I truly use this as an opportunity to think about where your business goes. You're at this unique inflection point. And long story short, what we, what we came up with there was we needed more laundromat. The lending or VC industry was going to be much more focused on profitability true understanding of how you grow, not just grow for growth's sake. And then the other thing that we looked at was our laundromat didn't even skip a beat during the pandemic. It was it was actually growing. Laundromats were deemed an essential business. We got to keep our doors open and the revenue was growing. And there's never really been a national chain of laundromats that have ever been built. You drive down the street, there's a chain for dry cleaning. There's a chain for gas stations. There's a chain for swim schools, there's never been a chain really for laundromats. And that's when we said, we need to go build more of these. Um, we have an opportunity to do that. It's a blank white space, but how do we do it? We tapped into our network of investors and we thankfully got to talk to a lot of franchise executives, people who have who basically validated that we have a massive opportunity. As they said, these, these very sophisticated owners are going to come to you because they want to be in car washes, they want to be in storage, they want to be like these salon suites that have a real estate play. Laundromats are going to be this one that people gravitate towards and you're going to get these sophisticated owner owners who have capital who want to go build these. And so that's when we essentially incubated what is now Laundro Lab off of a one, one store in Charlotte that was doing incredibly well validated that franchising was the path forward to grow quickly, to build the infrastructure, to handpick incredible operators who can go build these in all the markets. And the thought process there was if we can go build these with the sophisticated owners, we have a platform to scale our 2U business on top of. And so the whole strategy here is to dominate the laundry industry. We want to build a first nationally recognized brand in this space and we're going to do it with our two brands of your traditional brick and mortar laundromat with Laundry Lab, which is a state of the art modern day. It's the Chick Fil A of laundromat, and Two U is the convenience oriented mobile 
pick up a delivery business that's going to aggregate demand into these four wall stores and hopefully produce something that's 10x better than your traditional laundromat today. And that's where now the coming full circle, the fork, forks uh, in the road came to a point and and that's where we were in launching Laundry Lab in uh, January of 2021. Fascinating. We all know that when employees are happy, so are your customers. If you want to provide the best experience for your employees, you need Harry. Harry is the platform. Founded by a restaurateur, Harry solves turnover, employee engagement, and compliance all in one place. Set your team up for success and join over 50,000 restaurants and hotels around the world. Put your people first and visit harry.com for a free demo. That's H-A-R-R-I.com. So the beginning point of what eventually became Laundry Lab was you guys differentiated yourself maybe by, I guess you said that traditional, right? And like the, all the Uber for X, and I guess you had some Uber for laundry competitors. You said that they were just kind of doing a traditional marketplace, but you guys were going to like a specific laundromat at first and just saying, Hey, like, can my team like just do what would you like box out certain washers and dryers? And so like, Hey, these are for my team throughout the day. Yeah, exactly. So laundromats, the data point is laundromat, your traditional laundromat that you see when you're driving, they're going to generate probably over 60% of their revenue on Saturdays and Sundays. And so you take that Monday through Friday that they're usually underutilized. And during the day, for the most part, because naturally people are working as a working class who typically use uh, laundromats. And that's where we took advantage to say, hey, that's when our our times are the busiest. And so we went to these laundromat owners and said, we want a discount. We're going to block off these machines. Some people gave us keys to their laundromats so we could work off off hours. Some people even closed their doors so we could just use all of our, all their machines. But it, at one point it just came too big in Charlotte where we were operating in three or four other people's laundromats that we said, they started treating us different, charging us differently. And we said, if if we want to do this in 50 cities and there's five laundromats in every city um, that we need, they, that's just going to become way too complex. And and so we have to kind of control what we can control. And and that's where that's where the Laundry Lab business kind of made just made the most sense. Yeah. It, it's super interesting because I mean you're you're effectively just you need to build out the supply to help to you laundry succeed. And then in doing that, now you're like, well, laundromats are also kind of a great cash flowing machine here. Um, so it's pretty funny, just the evolution. Yeah, we worked our way backwards into the laundromat industry. And typically people are traditional or or legacy laundromat owners that are now starting to think about how do I expand my business? Because you're not creating a market with laundromats. You're creating a market with the two you pick up and delivery business. And so now every laundromat want oh, trying to figure out how do I innovate into pick up and delivery. That's not easy. It is one of the most complex businesses when you're talking about a bi-directional trip. You have to go to a customer's home, bring it back to the laundromat, and then back to the customer's home. Whereas most places are going to a food and to the customer's home. They don't have to go back. Um, yeah. And so it's a complex business logistics, the operations behind it. No, you're cleaning the wolf stuff individually from from Dan's stuff and 
you have to cater to your preferences and uh, Dan's preferences and it yeah. has to be high quality. And so it's just a very complex business and you have to educate a market. There's, it's not like we can tap into a huge market of people who are looking to outsource their laundry. We have to educate the market on that. Yeah. And now it, uh, it's starting to make sense why, why you probably went the W2 route, because if you just had like a, a 1099, like a door dasher effectively, right? Or a Uber Eats driver delivery person, they're maybe not as incentivized to remember, oh, this customer likes their clothes folded this way or, oh, whoops, their so- I just mixed up the socks with the customers. Ah, who's going to know? But like if W2, you can kind of train them, incentivize them, motivate them, and, and they're part of an actual company there to want to get it right. That was a no-brainer for us. Look, there's companies out there who who are collecting some orders through the DoorDash model, but it's just, it's not for scale. And it, it's the cost-effective component to it. It is expensive. So you have to pay that Dasher or whoever probably 10, 15 bucks for that one pickup. Whereas us, we do, we're the milkman. We're the the UPS, the Amazon <laughs> Prime of, yeah, yeah. of laundry where we're going to do a neighborhood and we're stopping at this person's house, then this person's and. And so uh, we go on those static scheduled routes versus the the on-demand model, which allows us to have a lot more economies of scale, way more efficient in, in routing optimization. And that's where we've spent a lot of our time building proprietary technology and, and the, the experience for our employees to, to make that work. Amazing. No, it's, it's brilliant. And I want to talk specifically about Laundry Lab and that, uh, like you mentioned, that 60 or or you just mentioned a majority, I think, of you know the typical folks who are actually using a laundromat uh, are maybe more working class or potentially even below working class. So given that, how have you built a laundry lab to be different than the, like to basically attract them? Because at, at the end of the day, right, it's a sort of commoditizable service, right? You walk into a four wall building, there's machines that wash and dry my clothes. You know, why am I going to be loyal to one versus the other. It's like, who cares? Whichever one just is closer to me is probably the one I might use. So like, yeah. How do you think about A, like locating and picking sites and then also just the the in laundromat experience, so to speak? So we developed to you like the the thesis, the core values and everything around convenience, quality and putting the customer first. And we just, when we started developing what we wanted Lab to be, how we wanted the experience to be. We always put the customer first and that has not been the case. But most laundromats have been open for 20, 30 years. They've never had to change. Um, It's just not an industry that has had to modernize, if that makes sense. And so we look at this as a massive opportunity to just like small little tweaks made it that much better of a why you choose a laundromat versus ABC laundromat. And, And those are things like, nice equipment. I mean, so we got modern tech forward, mobile pay capable, fast spinning, highly efficient machines in there. And customers love that. They want to be in in and out of the store in under an hour. Nobody wants to spend time in a laundromat. Um, thankfully, people want to spend time in laundry labs because um, we've invested in the customer experience. So the machines uh, kind of touched on that. The technology, as simple as this sounds, but having an employee on site most laundromats are unattended and there's things that happen. You want that employee to keep the store clean. They're driving revenue through taking over the counter orders to do people's laundry for them. 
We offer a flip service and a turn service where we'll move your stuff from the washer to a dryer. So you can go to the dollar store or you can go grocery shopping or you can go run. Oh, that's nice. What is that? Like an extra five bucks or something? It's not even. We'll we'll move your stuff for a dollar. It is. It's it's but, yeah, difficult whatsoever. I mean, and I was just the convenience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have we have TVs, we have uh, vending machines, we have Wi-Fi. I mean, again, all simple things. I think one of the biggest ones is that it's a community. We look at laundromats as a community center. There's something that where the typical customer base has to go do laundry weekly. You and I probably do laundry. We should be doing laundry weekly. Our customers yes. are should Good. be. Um, laundromat customers do have to do laundry weekly. And so this is a place that they see their other, their neighbors. And and so it's something that not only do they have to do weekly, they it takes an hour plus time to do it. And so that's a lot of time if you break it down. And so we wanted the places to be family friendly. You could bring your kids. There's a kid's play area. We offer free books for kids through a literacy program. And so kids can take those books home. They can share them with their friend. They can bring them to school. And we're just really leaning heavily into building a community. And so owners love it. Flounder Lab owners not only get to profit, build an exciting business that they can call their own. It's very entrepreneurial, but they also enhance the communities that they're going in. And these are going into areas where existing laundromats already are. We're just building something better. And that's how we kind of look for where we're going to go. We look for existing location, laundromats. We have complementary businesses, low-cost grocery stores. We'll look for the mobile cellular providers like Boost Mobile, Metro PCS, Cricket Wireless. Like Those are ones we always find ourselves near dollar stores, high renter populations uh, without washers and dryers. And so those are characteristics of, of the right location and the customer experience and, and why somebody chooses a laundry lab over the competition. And again, going back to the Chick-fil-A, I'm sure everyone's aware, but Chick-fil-A is the best of the best. And when you drive, they're, they're situated right next to a McDonald's or a Burger King and you look during lunch hours and there's 50 cars in the Chick-fil-A line and there's one in the McDonald's line. People are willing to wait, and it's just that perception because it's consistent, it's high quality, and, yeah. and their service, they're just operational excellence is what I break it down to. I really like it because I think you guys have identified like almost this hidden pain point where maybe your average person would say, oh, like, like obviously who wants to go with their family on a, every Saturday, every Sunday to a laundromat, but... Like, what are you going to do? You have to do it. And you you guys have kind of realized, well, hey, we can actually make this experience a lot better. Whereas, you know, I've seen it on Twitter too, where just folks are like, oh, like never buy a laundry franchise. There's no benefit. There's no brand value that can be built. Uh, you know, what's the point of building one from scratch? Uh, and yeah, I, I feel like you've kind of, through explaining the vision for Laundry Lab, shown you know why why you would want to build one from scratch because i mean at least logically right i could see why a customer would much rather be in a facility where you can literally leave your laundry for one yep and have have your employee that's there flip it but also the wi-fi vending machines it does the community center idea is, is genius and I, I could totally see that being successful so uh, and honestly, I mean, I've obviously, I'm an FDD junkie, so I've seen it. And Laundry Lab is 
available. They have a data room on Crockett, K-R-O-K-I-T.com. Check it out. Uh, there's my self-plug for the episode. And um, yeah, I got to do it. Well, it's really interesting too, though, because what is uh, what was the branding exercise between <laughs> Laundry Lab and 2U? You know, did you ever just think like yeah. 2U Laundry Center or something like that? Yeah, 100%. And so it was a really fun exercise because what we really broke it down to was 2U Laundry was built first and it caters to a completely different customer than a Laundry Lab and and uh, to a Laundry Lab customer. And so our first store that we built before we started franchising was actually called The Laundry Room. So we wanted it to be simple. We wanted it to be an ex- what people felt like was an extension of their own home. And that's where like the Laundry Room name came in. But The Laundry Room is not a very novel name. I mean, it's a, uh, if you actually Google The Laundry Room, there's probably 20 plus other laundromats that are named that. Uh, and so we weren't able to jump into franchising with a name that other people are already operating under. And so that's really where the branding exercise went into was we knew we wanted it to be a different brand because it was catered to a different customer base. And we wanted to have the similar characteristics. If you went to the tulaundry.com website and then laundrylab.com website, same font, same colors, same characteristics, personality, uh, but different customer base. And And so we wanted to differentiate there. And the naming exercise was kind of fun to go through. I mean, we talked about the laundry lounge. We we talked about community laundry. I mean, very just general names, but that could capture how we wanted people to feel and remember the name by. We actually wanted to go down the path of the laundry lab, um, but we couldn't. I can't remember why. And so one day I was just looking at laundromat, the laundry lab, and just combined it into laundro lab. Um, so it's like go. laundromat. Laundro Lab, it's science, tech forward, modern. Um, yeah. So you'll get that feel inside of our stores. But we ultimately, at the end of the day, wanted them to to be separate because they were catered to different companies. And so the way that we position it now is more Laundro Lab is uh, the exclusive service provider to uh, the TU Laundry customer base. And so that's one of our biggest differentiators on the franchise side is if you buy into Laundro Lab, that's exclusive. Uh, the two U business pickup and delivery, without a ton of extra headache and work, we're going to do the majority of the the pickup and delivery, the logistics, the hiring, the marketing, etc. It's we always compare it to like what DoorDash has done for a lot of restaurants, where you're just aggregating demand, you're getting a little bit of a discount to provide that volume and demand, but you're bringing additional revenue through a completely different customer base into those stores. Yeah, I I think it's it's awesome to be able to just have kind of that guaranteed source of revenue through that. Yep. Um, and obviously, right, it is as you mentioned earlier. This is a like it, it was open through COVID. It's it, it's a business that you know rain or shine, good economy, bad economy. People got to do laundry. So uh, assuming people are checking the right boxes and building out the location in, in a in a good site spot you know, kind of around those anchor locations that you discussed uh, that yep. you should have success anyway with with regular foot traffic. But it is nice to know that you kind of have that revenue boost built in. How are you thinking about, like, is there uh, a strategic play now since both are kind of, in, I mean, 2U has been in motion for years, but Laundry Lab, I know, and we're about to really get into that in a second, but like Laundry Labs, it's up and running. You're signing franchisees, you're opening new stores. I know you're just in Austin. Do you ever think about like, are you almost 
seeding markets with laundry labs before you build to you or like launch to you in a city? Like, is there some kind of synergy uh, there? Exactly. Yeah. So initially when we were kicking off franchising, we didn't have a lot of control over where leads were coming from. Like we could have, but we wanted to be, we wanted to let the market tell us where people wanted to go. And so we had some general filters that we wanted to be in the the major metros, the areas where you, the NFL cities, the major sports team cities. And thankfully that's where most franchise interest is. And so early out of the gate, we didn't really have a filter of where we would go and where we wouldn't go. We started to streamline that quite a bit, but you're, you're right. We won't launch to you laundry in a market until a laundry lab is stood up. And so the launch of Laundra Lab to the franchising world in January of 2021, we basically put two of you on the back burner to develop Laundra Labs until we got our first store open in a new market. And so those to 2021 and then all basically all of 2022, we were focusing on developing what is now Laundra Lab, the, the, our full service franchise model, uh, how we were going to find sites, construct them our operations guide and playbooks. And we we're developing all of that over those few years while we were awarding licenses. Uh, and then we didn't launch to you and do a new market until Q, late Q4 of 2022, uh, which was Tampa after their store was open for a few months. And so now we're starting to think a lot more strategically about where we want to be, where we think to you is going to pro have the most upside and potential. And then we'll start seeding uh, those uh, markets with Laundra Labs. But thankfully, we, we over the last few years, we've had incredible interest on the franchising side. We have highly, highly, highly successful and sophisticated owners with uh, their own various backgrounds of success. And that's been incredibly exciting to see. And we're in markets that we know we want to launch to you in. Uh, and that's starting to really come to fruition um, we raised a really strategic round of capital at the end of uh, 2022 um, with an awesome, awesome uh, investment partner. Um, we're starting to open stores about one a month. And now uh, to date, we have two of you operating in four markets, soon to be five. Uh, that's Charlotte, Atlanta, Tampa, San Antonio, and soon to be Austin. We have nine laundry labs open across North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Texas, and uh, Arizona. And so by the end of the year, we should have uh, around 20-ish stores open uh, for Laundry Lab. And we'll launch a few more markets for uh, for 2U, including Phoenix. And then as of most recently, I mean, we're making moves. Um, we actually acquired our first company, which was a competitor to 2U. Uh, we acquired them. They're Austin and Houston-based uh, and so we're looking forward to seeing how an integration can work out and and that might influence more acquisitions in the future. Yeah. I mean, man, it's amazing what you guys have done. So congrats. I mean, especially <laughs> you talked about you and uh, Alex just uh, driving around in a Jeep uh, and then <laughs> recently closing a, you know, a 15 million private equity investment from Level 5 Capital, who folks who have listened to this show heard uh chris kenny on the ceo and co-founder so people are, are somewhat familiar with level five via my my content um so yeah super impressive and i think it just shows and validates kind of uh that you guys are onto something special and through this franchisee base that is have that have bought in 
you've kind of also seen validation there in that, right? It is these more sophisticated operators. You know, I've read, I've read up on some things that think a McDonald's owner and a Planet Fitness owner, uh, right, uh, have bought in and are multi-unit franchisees. Yeah, so we're averaging right around three to four licenses per owner group right now. Um, we have some experienced operators who have been in, we have Marco's Pizza, we have uh, Planet Fitness, we have uh, Orange Theory, McDonald's. There's a pretty notable brand. And uh, it's exciting to see that there's been some some traction with those types of owner groups and and they're, they're, they're experienced. Um, we're learning from them just as much as they're learning from us, which we're very transparent about and it's exciting to see. And that's just our, that's our, our culture. And uh, those are sophisticated groups we're, we're starting to attract a lot more of. I think naturally with this business model, there's a huge play with real estate and owning real estate with this model, which attracts those types of investors and owners. And then it's just a high, it's a higher CapEx business. We're building Laundry Labs. They're right around one and a half to two million dollars. You'll see it in our our item seven. Um, but we're naturally uh, attracting some highly capitalized, sophisticated types of owners who are really looking to uh, help us achieve our ultimate vision and mission to to build a nationally recognized brand in the space. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, super. Uh, just just really awesome to see the the follow through. I remember you reached out a while ago. When I was early on with the wolf, and you were just kind of getting started, I was like, "Oh, this sounds cool." But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been fun to watch you grow, man. So, congrats on, on everything. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. And um, yeah, I mean, look, if if folks are interested in a franchise, in just following you and learning more about you, you know, is there any good spots online where they can do so? Yeah, I mean, I think your natural ones. Uh, I'm I'm uh, a big user of uh, LinkedIn. So uh, find me, uh, find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Dan DeQuisto. Hopefully you can uh, plug that. Feel free to reach out uh, if you have questions, you're interested. Our franchise website is laundrolabfranchise.com. Um, those are probably two of the best uh, best places. And uh, on the 2U Laundry side, we talked a lot about that. We're launching in a lot of markets this year, next year. We'd love uh, love you to give us a try. So that, that, uh, that site is 2ulaundry.com. So we can uh, plug that as well. And uh, we're looking to uh, dominate one pink van at a time, one washer, one dryer <laughs> at a time. Uh, we're it. going to uh, we're going to change the name and how, uh, how laundry is traditionally done. That's awesome. All right. Well, folks, we'll, we'll plug that in both or all those links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, Dan, thanks again for coming on. This was fun. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Absolutely love, love, love what you're doing to the franchising industry, the content that you're putting out, the transparency. You're naturally leveling the, the, this industry up. And again, it's a, it's been fun to watch what you've been able to do and grow. And I think it only uh, excites me more about uh, what's to come. Appreciate it. Definitely, man. Uh, all right, man. Well, well, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to Franchise Empires. We're coming to you soon with actionable insights to take the next step on your franchise journey. So make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen.